Hello, I'm Jackson Short. And I'm Carlos Garcia Leon, and you know what time it is? Time for winter to finally let summer get here. And for our season to end. So let's be artful one more time. Well, to start things off, we have to catch up and catch you up on things that have been going around here. You went to the an opera event, but it was not at Music Wait, Hall. I mean, yes, that. But also the most important thing is that we finished our first year academically. Oh. See, I've just I've just put that behind me. You're just like that was over. I'm done with it. Next. Yeah. Let's let's just let's let's move Okay, well on. to our listeners who care like I do. Um yeah, we finished our first year of grad school and you should thank us and send us some celebratory drinks through Venmo. My Venmo is literally still the same as my other inf- my Instagram account. So just to I don't even know. know what my Venmo is. That's okay. No one's going to feed you. I know. Damn, I'm so mean today. <laughs> anyway, I did. Okay, like going back to artful things. I did go to uh, a Cincinnati Opera event called Opera Goes to Church. And it's this beautiful collaboration with Cincinnati Opera and Lincoln Heights Missionary Baptist Church and the New Jerusalem Baptist Church and the Southern Baptist Church. Lots of Baptists. That's a lot of Baptists. <laughs> and here in Cincinnati. And it's really cool because it's like a three-day event. Um, and then they have it again later in July, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, and it's this thing where they literally take opera singer and they um, collaborate musically with a black church collaboration. And it's, there's, you know, a black choir who sings gospel. And then they also have um, black musicians, other ensembles um, that do R&B jazz. And then they have black singers from the opera sing as well. Um, and I was just having a ball and it's phenomenal and it was great that they're so supportive of you know their singers that are black but also like have and have traditionally gone to like black churches but also now are doing opera professionally and it was just so fun and then you know yeah, like bringing that, their bringing their talent back to the tradition of their church definitely uh and it's not that they're doing like very religious operas either like they're doing things that are scandalous and like <gasps> love stories and love twistedness my lord i know um but it was also just really fun to be a part of this community that also i'm never a part of just because you know i was raised catholic because i'm mexican i was born there but catholic mass was really like the most boring thing ever where (laughs) (laughs) where i'm dressing up in like basically a black suit and tie and then you just sit there and you know music at catholic mass in mexico is just like same note and then so it's like dominu latum words latin words from like old latin and then like that's so three notes (laughs) basically (laughs) and then you know it's really boring and then i thought and this like you know if i had gone to if there was such a thing as like black church music in mexico which there couldn't be because it's in english and you know black music black churches are traditionally american um i was just like i would have maybe been religious then you know (laughs) i would have loved it (laughs) i would have been like yes let's go let's get my sunday best and let's go to church instead of like oh i have to get my suit and tie and yeah, I can understand that because I went to uh, the Bernstein of the Basilica, um, mm-hmm. which was a May Festival event. And because I was working the box office that night, I got there at 5.30 for the 7 p.m. show. But mass was going on. Oh, my. So they had to rush people out to get you know the patrons in. And it was really funny because I was sitting there during mass going... I have not done this in a while. I have not I've not had to sit through a sermon before. 
<laughs> and it was it was it was it was great. I mean, I uh, yeah. No, that, that was, sounds it was like fun. I'm just so I'm always so astounded because I I don't consider myself necessarily religious, and nor nor do I dis- detest music intersecting with religious at all with religion. It was just so awesome to see like the community that is well known for black music through black church to do that and yeah. also incorporate classical music and be so supportive. Um, they had a pianist from CCM who was graduating with his master's degree, who's also African-American. And they were like, it is time for celebration. And I was just thinking, look at that community building and you know, how yeah. supportive. And I, I wish other people had that as well, but it's a lot of fun and it happens. And, um, they have different programs, and it's just a riot all the time. And I was, I was living for it. So thank you, Cincinnati Opera, and all the Baptist churches that collaborate on this, and for the African American community here in Cincinnati, that allowed this to really happen. That it wouldn't be possible in the other areas, really, that are not primarily African American populated. Um, so I had a lot of fun, and thank you so much for that. Yeah, I really wish I could have gone. I know I, I saw the Snapchats that you were posting, and I, I was like, oh crap, it's still happening. I should have gone happens till the 20th and then it happens again in july so if you're here for the summer yay dress up in your sunday best and go that's normally pajamas <laughs> my sunday base was apparently uh fish button down and uh black nails <laughs> so, that's amazing so if that tells you anything about me so the artfuls collectively all three of us uh janet included hi janet our executive um, producer our queen um, went to go see West Side Story uh, with the Cincinnati on, Pops on Friday night, and wow, it was great! It was fantastic. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, yeah. and we were Jackson and I were sitting each, by each other as we do because I usually lean on him, and by lean on him, I'm literally like cuddling him. Yeah. Um, as the point that like there was just so many moments where I was, I just thought I don't remember that at all, like the whole beginning don't remember that at all it's so such an actual musical style of doing like an an overture very very uh, and especially right before in between the big uh, what would be considered the overture and the first piece mm-hmm. the the, um, first the opening they have this very minimalistic drums and uh you know doing all the whistling and i like it was really interesting because i completely forgot about that even though as I was watching it, I went, oh, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because it sets up this tension and, oh, man. Yes. Oh, for those who don't know, minimalism is the kind of style, not only in music, but in art form as in painting as well. They're like, it's about changing really slowly or just like not having a lot, depending if you do it for like your lifestyle. Yeah. Um. So in art form and music, it's like changing very slowly that it's so minimal. So it'd be doing the da do da and then we just hang there. Yes. And and you see all these, you know, you hear all the uh, cars honking. You see all the, you know, all the sounds of the city. And then you just hear, da-da-da. And it's just, oh. <laughs> he was going crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I love Leonard Bernstein. And I love the music of West Side Story. Lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. And then choreography and blah, blah, blah. A lot of other things by Jerome Robbins, who yeah. we can't also forget about but but and this is my only problem with west side story is that west side story was what made in 19 something it was not anyway anyway the time does not matter but the the effect that it did have does because the west side story is about basically a romeo and juliet version that 
It's about basically white people and Puerto Ricans in New York. Um, 1961, that's what it was. Um, and it had it is phenomenally well known because of Leonard Bernstein mm-hmm. and Jerome Robbins and Stephen Sondheim. But it's not known that like it had such a controversy with Puerto Ricans and the Latin community, especially in New York, because it was it was a time of immigration for yeah. them. Um, and how like it painted an awful picture for Puerto Ricans and other Latin Americans to come to the states, and just a lot of um, exploitation of like a bad imagery on them. Yeah. So like throughout the movie, there was a lot of like cringy moments, especially when um, the inspector comes, and you know he, the inspector is kind of a, I forget what the, his role is in the actual Shakespeare novel uh, play. But the inspector comes and he's just like, "Hey, I don't want you two gangs to fight." But also, like, you Puerto Ricans don't belong here. Yeah, he hates one way more than he does the other. And it's it's obvious for it's because of uh, racial issues. Yeah, and I'm just, like, if this doesn't speak so much about today's climate... I, I think but I, I think that that's a really good point. I think it holds up. Yeah, I think which that is... The, the issues brought up in a, uh, a movie, even a musical that was made, you know, almost 50 over... 50 years almost, ago. Yeah. I mean... It holds up, and I think that it is still culturally relevant. And, I mean, good on Pops for doing that. I but mean, I think that's a good. I think I think it's a good uh, thing to do. I, but I do find it. I do find you know what you said. Several points of it are cringy. I mean, it, it's 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 very obvious. Yeah, I don't like like I've mentioned. I love going to the Pops, and I love what they do. I I when it, for any organization that has done West Side Story or will continue to do West Side Story because it's it is one of those musicals and one of those music stories novellas that do should people should learn and people should have fun because it is it is plentiful music that is very enjoyable. But I think that if you're gonna try to do it, you should also like educate your audience and the and the downsides that it portrayed on on the latin community sure. um that way like you don't you're not putting and it's like hey like the jets are like this kind of scenario and like this is what it brought the fame for leonard bernstein jerome and uh, steven sondheim um but it also had a lot of consequences and i want to i i would love them to be educated more on on you know these things because it's not like the first musical that has these kinds of racial ideologies that have been misstrewed like let's see thoroughly modern millie um mm-hmm. the king and i miss saigon no what is that other musical i'm thinking no, miss saigon miss yeah. saigon um what am i thinking of the one about oh um uh, i don't remember it the one with the fans and they have um they go to like asia and oh i can't remember we'll have to cut this up we'll cut this up yeah um but any moving on, it's just you know there's so many musicals that people still put a limelight on, and I wish they would, I wish they would maybe stop doing them first of all. But also if they're going to do that, then I I wish they were be more educative about it. Like well, I think that you know um, well firstly like the the whole reason I think they did West Side Story was because of this Bernstein centennial. Yeah, I, yeah. So um, we have to remember that Leonard Bernstein it's his um, what is it one hundredth one hundredth birthday? Thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, Jan's confirming. Janet is confirming. Um, Queen. She knows all. Um, and however, I I do think that I I I always I always struggle with that question whether you know do we stop doing something because something can be culturally insensitive and controversial or do we still perform those things but try to educate the audience on why something that you may not be 
that may not be known to you could be controversial or that you should at least be aware of. Um, I think that for West Side Story, it shows that musical especially, sometimes it can be kind of glanced over. And like some some of those cringy moments, if you don't realize that of what they're saying in that moment, and I think the subtitles also helped me realize some of those moments um, because they had subtitles at the bottom, which I loved, seemed like a sing-along, but it wasn't. It was. um, <laughs> to the people next to us, it was. But, um, <laughs> sorry. I love um, them, though. Yeah. But um, I think that, you know, when, when you found those cringy moments, it, it would be nice to be able to reference something or if you talked about it at a talk back or even something before the performance to know that here here's the either either put context to it to figure out like historically why that was made or why it was done this way or to say in any sense this is probably something that was wrong and that culturally insensitive in any situation um i think that you know I, I would much rather still be able to produce the music and get the context behind what was happening rather than just taking it away entirely. Even though I think that there's a lot of other works that should be celebrated as, you know, not necessarily better, but at the same quality that they can be produced. Yeah, I agree in the sense that. I do think that it should either be like not perform it at all or like perform it and have like an educative um, event attached to it. And of course, some people may just disregard that in general. And that's fine because we can't force people to learn. True. But but I think that if you offer it, it at least starts a conversation. Yeah. I also think that like if you're going to produce something that you know it could be culture incentive, then like at least try to get whatever culture has been um, affected by this negative negatively to like come in and help you like curate it or um, what's the other word um, when a, someone comes in to help a play oh um, um, oh my lord what is that called um, no but but they come in and basically say you know uh, is is this accurate yeah um, is that dramaturgy yeah it is so, so yeah. some, like a dramaturgist. Um, not, I mean, I don't feel like this necessarily, but, but someone along those lines, someone, someone that could put context in their own experience and the history behind that certain thing exactly. to be able to, you know, understand it a little bit better and also maybe even educate the orchestra or the conductor, um, and figure out um, if there's a way to do it culturally sensitively. Yeah. Or and if there's not, if there's not, then like, I think there should be the discussion. I mean, think once I started, it's one of those musicals and productions that could find a lot of ways to be culturally sensitive. Oh, and I also think that it's a really good, it's it's a really great, especially in today's uh, just political climate and just what is happening culturally around the arts. I think that there are so many moments where I was like, ooh, that's relevant. Like, it's it's the uh, constantly bashing the Puerto Ricans for being immigrants. Yeah, or like bashing the girl who wants to be a jet, but be a girl beat it yeah yeah i I think there's so many moments that like now like 10 years ago i wouldn't have i would have just been like oh it's a great movie but now it's like oh well i can see i can see things that may not be great in this in this movie and even in the musical um but i think that 
if you start the conversation, if you allow the possibility of a conversation to happen, then people will join in. I, yeah, I would hope so. And I the mean, people that never will, will never go. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's just a reality. Yeah. I mean, the, I, for me, as I was telling Janet yesterday in our drive home, um, it's all about Puerto Ricans. Or at least the Sharks are all about Puerto Ricans. But yeah. the only actual Puerto Rican is Rita Moreno, who yeah. plays Anita, who is the best friend of... Um, what is Maria? Wow, that yeah. was really hard. And like the the wife of Bernardo, the wife of Bernardo, and it's really funny because Maria is also supposed to be Puerto Rican, and like all the other sharks are also supposed to be Puerto Ricans, but like none of them are except for Rita. And Rita to this day still is like serving, amazing, amazing phenomenal Rita. Uh just I I was living for her. she dances. She still dances like that. Yeah. I I mean I wish I was kidding, but I'm I'm not. She still looks good. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, movie aside, the pops did phenomenally, phenomenally well. Um, I, I, I cannot stress how difficult it is to play to something already made and fit so well. Um, there is a moment in the movie where Tony, uh, and Maria, uh, meet at the gym for the first time. It's this moment of like, <gasps> love, love at first sight. Yeah. Um, and Carlos went, <gasps> right at that moment. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, he was just like, oh my God. Um, I was like, love. Yeah. And so they 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 meet and uh, they do this, boom, bum, 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 this really great melody of them dancing together. And, and the first thing that came into my mind watching it went, I just went, oh, they snapped during this. I really hope it's in time. And it was perfect. I was so shocked. So shocked that he like was like giddy. He yeah, like I was so excited because I was just like, that is so hard to do. Um, you know, and I oh, oh my we gosh. do have to thank technology a lot for the innovations they have done for this. I mean, there's back then there wasn't like a click track. There wasn't like something to let the conductor know where you're at. Yeah, and and uh, JMR had the. Um, a screen in front of him, not just the screen above him, but the screen in front of him that basically gave him the tempo, uh, the tempo and the pacing of each scene. And he would be able to follow that. And he did a phenomenal job of keeping the orchestra very close. Like, I mean, it, the especially West Side Story, the tempos go everywhere. Yeah. And I think that he did such a great job of leading the orchestra and making each scene even better than original. I agree. Um, and especially, I think, it, I think I highly suggest you go to a movie where the soundtrack is actually being Come by played live, live because you start to fully understand and appreciate the score. Because there were, again, the same scene with uh, Maria and Tony. I did not realize that the mambo, which is, you know, this massive dance at the... Uh, at the gym. At the gym. Um, went on for so long into that scene. And it's this undertone of the still the tension, but their love, you know, coming closer. And, you know, you can hear so much more of the soundtrack and be able to hear all the nuances to it. And, oh, man. It was really wonderful. good. You know, something else that I really like that the symphony does is that um, they had a pre-concert volunteer party. like a, Yes. Like an appreciation of all their volunteers. 
um, and all their volunteer councils that they have and everyone who's really involved outside of staff yeah um, and faculty faculty as in like people who janitorial staff I guess they would be considered staff too yeah uh, and it was just like this fun really fun event at the new Wilkes studio that they have from the renovated hall uh, and if you're an organization, you should you should super be thankful for the volunteers that you have because they 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 are they're, they're the real champions of the organization, honestly. Because so so much of what we do in the arts, we have to have people that are willing to just help. Yeah. And you know, the CSO has a pretty massive volunteer base. And you can always join. I and, mean, any and, organization and should have. There are have. so many ways for you to volunteer. And even if you like an organization, even if you want to know more about an organization, even if you know nothing it. about the arts, go to an organization and ask if they have a volunteer network. Because they are constantly looking for more people. And I think that if more people were willing to volunteer, then organizations would be even more successful. Yeah, and it's, you know, just some of your time. You don't have to pay, and you get to see a free show. Yeah. Which is the best. And I think on that, let's roll. Rock and roll. Or Mambo. Mambo. Our last main topic of this season is how we, Jackson and I and Janet, have fallen in love with the arts, our field, arts administration, and what we really want to see in the future. Um, and we're doing this because um, well, it is our last episode of this season, but also, <laughs> um, but also because uh, we we would love for you to understand where we're coming from more, and also for you to be able to share your stories of how you were also being able to fall in love and know that there's no right way to fall in love with the arts or arts administration. Um, or like have an opinion or say something about what you would like for the future in the arts. And I know that, you know, we have 11 people in our class for arts administration and none of them have had the same path of getting where they are. Um, and not, none of the people we've worked for, our employers or people we've interviewed with have also had any similar paths. Yeah. And I mean, the guests, the guests that we brought into the program have all had completely different paths. And I think that especially when you get into where people are doing something very specific, um, like either consulting or running a specific organization, uh, starting an organization. All those people had these little tiny moments uh, during their lives that made them realize that that's what they wanted to do. And, you know, arts, arts is different than other professions. It's really a calling, and it's something that, you have to consciously decide that you want to do because, you know, for nonprofit organizations, you know, I the salaries are not huge when you start. It's not because you're trying to make a crap load of money, even though that would be nice. That would, you should support us. Yeah, please. Um, and I, I think that it's 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 hard to make that choice if you don't have the passion behind it. But if you have the passion behind it, it's very easy. Um, and I think that. All these people have key moments that have led them to uh, being passionate about something in particular. Yeah. Um, and I know you have one, right? Yeah. So, like, for me, I fell in love with the arts. I'm the first classical musician in my family. Mm -hmm. um, and I have no idea where that love for music comes from because, you know, my family is from Mexico and classical music in my hometown was just kind of non-relevant, but we do celebrate a lot of music in, through my family. Um, 
and I, you know, most some people join it because they have a crush on someone and they just wanted to be in the same band as them, or because um they were forced by family to like, hey, you should play violin or something. Um, but like that wasn't me. I didn't have a crush on no one, and I didn't. My family wasn't like you have to play a musical instrument. Um, yeah. The high school band for me it was like the high school band came to my elementary school, and something about it was just so fun for me. Like I don't even remember the music they played. I was just like, this is a lot of fun. I want to be that. I want to do that. Uh, so you know, in elementary school in Illinois, they they have instruments for you picked out, and I selected the flute, because um, everything else looked really hard. Like the strings just look sounded awful to me at that time because no one played them really well. Yeah, flute is just like one <laughs> long piece of steel, right? Okay, okay. Uh, and the clarinet just looked like <laughs> it had a lot of like fingers, so I was like, I'll do the flute. Uh, and my family never questioned it because you know there's no. There's no attachment of femininity or queerness um, in Mexico with the flute, mm-hmm. but like my classmates and my and my fellow bandmates were like, "You're the only, you're the only boy who's playing flute." Like, you know, that's a girl <laughs> instrument. And I was like, "Yeah, I had no idea. I'm from Mexico. We don't do that." Uh, but also, like, I was I didn't know I was going to be queer, so I don't know if that's a testament ah, to, to to like my queerness coming out. Uh, but anyway, th- I mean, they've always, my family's been always completely super supportive of everything I've done in this path. Um, and I picked up the flute, and then from there on, I like went to bassoon and kind of decided to be a music major. Uh, and then that was my love for music. And with arts administration, it was very it was very different because I have a degree in music. Um, and I had I I got that degree because I wanted to share I wanted to make audience happy with the music I did on stage, whether mm-hmm. that was like in an orchestra or just by myself. Um, I wanted to really engage with audiences and make them happy. Um, but I then I, throughout, I had done summer employment with arts organizations for over the summers. And then I remembered when um, I was accepted to Chicago Youth Symphony Orchestra, which is one of my youth orchestras in high school. Um, and I remembered I auditioned that day and they let me know literally right afterwards. They were like, okay, you're in. And I was just like, what like that's it like i i was i had practiced and it was kind of a wonderful moment because i had applied for to them late and i was like you know they're not gonna want this kid who like picked up a student and barely had any lessons from a professional player um and then they picked me and i was just i literally cried like i took the 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 elevator down with my parents who had come to like just be there for me and I just like cried, uh, like I held it in after they told me, and I just cried. And I thought, that's what I want. I wanna, I wanna have someone else cry of so much joy when they're like been told that they can be a part of that. Um, and that's why I wanted to go into arts administration. I, I wanted to give some someone else that joy. Yeah, I know that. I mean, we have actually. Oh, <laughs> stop crying. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just you know it was a very emotional, I, and I still believe that. I I really want to make someone else cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um don't make me cry. Um I we actually have very similar uh stories going into uh what how I got into music was um I think the difference is most of my family had played a musical instrument at some point in time. Um my dad played saxophone, my aunts and uncles played trumpet, my mom played French horn. She was a uh also really into music theater. Um and my grandfather uh, was actually a music teacher and a conductor for the musical theater at um, the high school where my uh, family grew up. And 
my grandfather really got me into music um, because every year, for pretty much as long as I can remember, we would always go to Yuletide, which is the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra's Christmas show. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you ever want to see me as like the most purest form of myself... An angel. No. Um, but it's 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 like I, I become a child again. It's I, I feel as comfortable as I can be. It's during that performance. And no matter who the guest is, they always do these classic uh, numbers, these performances, of one of which is uh, um, The Night Before Christmas. Love that. And it's a musical number where... Uh, these reindeer come down the aisle, these these puppeteered reindeer come down the aisle, and this really just kind of weird-looking, like, doll of Santa goes to the chimney. The light goes down the chimney like he's falling down the chimney, and then a human version of Santa comes out. <laughs> but in a costume, like, a very animated costume of Santa and, like, dances around the stage and acts out the story. And then he goes back up the chimney and like, it's obvious he's going out the trap door, but sorry, spoiler, but like, and then like, (laughs) and then, and then the reindeer leave. Yeah. And even now I'll just look at it and just like, wow. And like, just the wide eyed, like 22 year old Jackson, almost 23 year old Jackson. You said like, like, that's old. I mean, I mean, come on. But like, it's, it's, it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, this is like, this is how I want to feel all the time. Mm hmm. And so my parents didn't force me to play an instrument and my ba- the band director for my middle school came into my elementary school and said, so what do you want to play? And I was like, I don't know, trumpet? Because I thought trumpet was cool. Everyone and, does. And Especially I, boys. Yeah. And so I played the trumpet. I sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dur- during, this, during this moment where he's like te- make, letting me test out instruments, and I was like, what about that big one? And so I chose like the baritone, which is like, you know, I mean, tuba. tuba light. And then I tried <laughs> the tuba and I was like, this is good. This is no good. I have to carry this around. And then he said, well, hold on. And because he he recognized that my fingers were moving, at least in sync. And he went, just do this. And like he started patting rhythms on his lap. He's like, do that. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, sure. And he goes, you at least have rhythm. And I was like, that, <laughs> I was like, thank you, Mr. Perry. And. Call <laughs> <laughs> No, and no, and it was really funny because he said, okay, let's do something more complicated. And he gave me a polyrhythm, and I did it, and I was like, was that right? And he goes, yeah, that was right. You should be a percussionist. Polyrhythm like, as in like rhythms. Oh, rhythms within rhythms. Like, so oh, okay. if you play two uh, two beats with one hand and three beats with the other one at the same time. Okay. Um, in the same meter. Um, and he went, you should play percussion. And I was like, oh. I guess I'm a percussionist. And so I left and I was like, I'm really happy about this. I went home. I was like, mom, I'm a percussionist. And she goes, that's going to be expensive. And I was like, (laughs) and, and, and so, and so I, I really got into it at the time I was playing tennis. I slowly stopped playing tennis throughout middle school, um, because of band and throughout band, throughout orchestra, throughout playing for choirs. I went through, I, I stopped playing, I stopped playing tennis, when I got to high school because I was in, I think I counted during my time in high school, I was in nine different ensembles and I was just, that was, that was my life. 
And like, I, and that was all I did. Yeah. I was a nerd. Um, but you know, was, well, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, <laughs> noted. Um, no, but it's, no, it's great. But by the time I got, by the time I got to, you know, what, what do I want to do for college? I said, well, I just want to be a percussionist because this is what I am. And, and so I, I got to Oberlin and at that point I was like, I, I love playing percussion. But the moment I stepped at Oberlin, I was like, everyone's practicing eight hours a day. I don't know if I can do that. And I hurt my hand in my sophomore year um, because of my percussion playing. Um, I always loved performing. And I think once I got to college, I actually stopped having stage fright because I said, I shouldn't be nervous. Like, this is stupid. Why should I be nervous about something I love doing? And so I stopped having stage fright and I started enjoying it. But then I also developed this need to do more okay and i was always in the back of the orchestra no one's looking at me except for the audience and at some point in time i started realizing you know people are better than me i don't like the audition system i don't like how i'm constantly trying to perfect something that i don't even know if i'm going to perform and i started feeling bad about it i was like "I i shouldn't be feeling bad so in my sophomore year, because I hurt my hand, I decided to do a entrepreneurship incubator where I helped a nonprofit uh, present to be able to raise money for their project. And even though that project I didn't really like, I learned so much through this incubator and I was like, oh crap, this is what I want to do. Like this, this is interesting. I get to help musicians be successful and so i every job i took was like i every job i took during winter term or during the summer was more it was closer to what i'm doing now than i had ever before i i did uh, a development job in the indianapolis symphony orchestra i went to interlochen for two summers which was great and i kept on doing more and more things that were helping musicians rather than serving my own musicality because in a way, I kind of think of my management is a form of musicality. You know, I, I'm able, through what I do, I'm able to help other people be musical. And even though it's a very small, like, it's not even on their mind most of the time, it's impactful. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, yeah, I, Carlos makes fun of me constantly, and Janet especially, and she's oh. smirking now. Oh. Because under the bus. because because I always say the word fascinating way too much. Oh, that's I true. love everything, and well, not everything, but there's a couple things I don't like. But literally two, uh, probably <laughs> actually probably two. Um, but it's it's I find so many things fascinating because I can see past just the base of what I'm doing, but how in the future I, this can be applicable to what I do. And I think, you know, it's, I, I, I constantly think, you know, we, we just got through this uh, project that was program line analysis of Playoffs in the Park. It was very, you know, brain heavy. And by the end, we were like, oh, thank goodness that's done. Like, we got the project done. And the first thought I had was, okay, it's done. When can I do that again? And really? I was just like. I did not think and that. No, well, but it was, it, was, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I can see how, do by learning this 
it's just going back to what I hope to do in the future. You know, making something where if I say something that I've, you know, researched, that I've, you know, slaved over to be able to, you know, produce and to be able to give my, like, best suggestion, and they do it and it ends up working, to me, I can see the impact of that. And I I really want to be able to do that in the future, and I think that's the reason why I'm in arts administration, because I don't really want to be the one producing the music. I don't want to be physically doing it, because I know there's people better than me. I'd rather help those people better than me be able to be musical. So this is our last episode of this, this is season. really actually really kind of sad. Um, in the sense that um, we want to thank so much our listeners and everyone who supported us in this project. Um, this is this started in October. Like I mean, this started a while ago, and now we have eight episodes, which and is shocking. It's, I still can't believe it. It's still I'm like, Mom, are you still the one only listening? You're just <laughs> listening like 500 times or something? Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Mrs. Short. Um, but no, so we're ending the season because um, summer's here. School's over, and the Queen and I, the Queen, me, and Janet, and I won't be here in Cincinnati to be able to record with Jacksons. Um, what are you doing this summer? So this summer, I was, um, you know, we all, part of our part of our school we are required to do an internship over the summer. Um, and I wanted to travel because I know that once I get a full-time job, I won't be traveling as much until like I get enough vacation days. I just don't want to move. Uh, <laughs> and I totally, I totally get that too. Um, but I wanted to travel, so um, I applied to places outside of Cincinnati. And I'll be doing uh, an internship with Rivard Music Center in near Asheville in North Carolina. Um, great where I, I hear it's going to be humid but i'm also really excited to shed all this water weight that i've been carrying around so there's that and i know janet's also going to be traveling and that's really exciting for her but we're ending the season um on this note but that doesn't mean that we're ending this project i will be here for the summer um i'm going to be uh working with the box office and the marketing department at the cincinnati symphony um the mission that i will never remember um, I'm trying, and I was actually uh, <laughs> uh, someone that worked there uh, told me, "Hey, I listened. Uh, well, I can't remember our mission." I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> it was literally a, like it was five really words. It was embarrassing. <laughs> um, and so, uh, what we're hoping to do um, is we are going to be. This is our announcement of it. We're going to be doing eight episodes, at least eight episodes this summer. Um, However, because it is the summer and because the stakes are a little bit lower because we're not in the semester, we have a little bit more time, um, we're going to be doing a little bit of experimentation with the format. Um, we've gotten some really good um, feedback from some of the viewers um, and suggestions on you know how, how can we make the podcast better. Um, and so this summer... Um, we are going to be kind of splitting the podcast. We normally think about the podcast in three sections. We think about the artful thought, which is, you know, us talking seen, about what we've seen, what we, what we like. And, um, and people really like that because they feel like they can be in the conversation with us. And we hope that you feel that way. Um, then our next part is, you know, a big question. What, what are we talking about? This time we talked about um, where, like, how did we get to where we are? And how do people get there? Or, like, just main topic discussions, like, what is a big trend happening in the arts? It was the diversity piece. Um, 
Uh, we Museums, also, theaters. Yeah. Uh, Brittany was a uh, huge part of the museum piece, um, and we got really great feedback from that. Um, everyone's really loved our guests, and we hope that we can keep on um, having more. Um, we're hopefully going to have eight. Uh, we're going to have an episode where uh, I'm interviewing someone in the field um, or someone that's not, and that's uh, you know, a part of it in some way. Um, and then the last thing, uh, which we haven't been doing recently because it, it is time-consuming, is the calendar. Um, we use uh, websites like Arts Guide from ArtsWave um, and a couple other websites that give us what events are happening around Cincinnati. And we've realized that if we have an episode every two weeks, it's hard to do a calendar. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be doing each three of those sections in three different releases. And they're going to be short episodes, so yeah. that way, since it's the summer and you are just hanging around, it's not like it's a lot of time-consuming. Like yeah, this episode if you're driving is. to work, you can turn it on, and it's, uh, I mean, uh, so the, the programs that we're going to do um, is the Artfuls podcast, which is what you're listening to now, um, and we're going to focus on the guest. We're going to focus on the person we're bringing in. We're going to focus on the topic. Um, and hopefully we can be, we can, you know, get into a little bit more in-depth conversations, um, kind of like, uh, our conversations with Brittany, um, about what they do, what they see, um, what you can take advantage of as a young professional and what they hope for, for the future. Exactly. Um, so that is going to be released, I think every other week, um, because it does take time to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and also and just, yeah, booking the guests, making sure everything works. Um, the next thing, uh, is we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be sending out into Cincinnati, um, hopefully several people, um, uh, Brittany has expressed interests, um, and a couple other people have of going to events and doing their artful thought and posting it. Um, this would probably be less than five minutes long, but it at least gives you a sense of what's happening and what people thought of it. Um, and also saying what the organization is doing next. Um, and you get to hear from other people than just us. Yeah. If you get tired of our voices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I do. Oh. For me. Not not your voice. Oh, okay. I get tired of my voice. <laughs> that's that's shocking to you, but it's, I, I know, yeah. Anyway. Um, and then the last thing we want to do is we want to inform everyone a little bit more about what's happening every week not just after we've seen it but before we go see it yeah um and so we're gonna on every thursday at least this is the plan i'm going to record a maybe a couple other people will be able to help me of what's happening in cincinnati this weekend you know we know mostly everyone has jobs during the summer and the weekends are really the perfect time to go out and experience the arts you know, spend some quality time with an organization, be able to see a show, go to an exhibit, and hopefully we can uh, really look at what's happening and we can, you know, go experience those things. Um, and that's every week. Um, it's a kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a lofty goal, um, but I think that being... Since all of y'all expressed interest in it, I, I really do think that I mean, Jackson's going to be the one mainly in charge of it, so I, I like to think that because y'all expressed interest that we're really going to try to do this for you all. And one of the other things that I do want to address is um, we have had comments about the diversity and 
the um, scope of the organizations that we are promoting. Yeah. Um, and so we absolutely hear you. And I think that one of the one of the goals of mine this summer is we are looking at several other sources of events. Um, we normally use Arts Guide, um, but it doesn't include everything. And I think that one of the things I'm going to try to do is include more websites in my search for events to try to get a bigger scope of different types of arts events you can go to. Um, we don't want to just be promoting the same organizations over and over again. And um, we want to, I want to be able to find along with you more events that are either outside the comfort zone or just not known about. Um, and that's why we're here. You know, in our mission, we're supposed to be telling people where to find the arts. And the I arts don't just live at Music Hall. They no. don't just live in a singular building. They travel. And I think that we, me especially, I could do a better job of raising awareness to the organizations that I just talked about that are small and that need the support. Agreed. So I hope you will stay in tune Again. And you're, and hopefully, I mean, one of the things we also want to do is I, I want to be able to call Carlos to be able to talk, but we're still yeah, trying to figure out the logistics. You're not going to get rid of me. I'll be involved. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. Who you think you are? Um, no one. <laughs> okay. Um, no, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think that we're going to still try to have the the main duo still talking, but you know, with uh, schedule conflicts, uh, we're going to try our best. Yeah. So again, we want to just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being super supportive and yeah, thank you for that. As always, rate, subscribe, and comment so we can continue to change what we do for the betterment of you, our ever-fabulous listeners, so that our ideas can be spread around to everyone who wants this world to be a better place. That's really the goal. Yeah. You can catch more of me on Instagram at cgarcia.leon or through Twitter at cgarcia underscore leon. And you can also find me, Jackson, on Instagram and Twitter at Manage the Arts. You can connect with us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Artfuls Podcast or through our email, artfulspodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening through these through the season. Eight episodes. Wow. That's crazy. As always, you can send us any questions, comments, concerns, hopes, and dreams, and stay tuned for the summer series. And as always, have, have an, an artful, artful day. day.